although one might expect idealistic experiments to fade as industrial society matured, instead, the utopian model has resurfaced again and again. For example, in Pullman, Illinois, the eponymous railroad car maker in the 1880s erected a model town where advanced secular Gothic buildings lined tree-shaded streets. Scotia, California, founded by Pacific Lumber as a rustic forest camp in the 1880s, evolved into a pin-neat saloon-free Shangri-La amid redwood forests. Workers got low rent, full medical benefits, college scholarships for their kids, and more. Hershey, Pennsylvania, built by chocolate man Milton S. Hershey in the early 1900s, featured electrified, centrally heated homes, a free playground and zoo, and a model school for orphan boys, supported by a foundation that held a majority of his company's stock. At around the same time, companies began erecting such industrial satellite towns as Firestone Park, Ohio, Firestone Tire and Rubber Company, Alcoa, Tennessee, aluminum producer Alcoa, and Kohler Village, Wisconsin, plumbing fixture maker Kohler Company. Such eminent figures as planner Frederick Law Olmsted, Jr. and architect Irving Gill promoted modernist aesthetics in Torrance, California. But ultimately, the successful model would emulate Britain's carefully planned garden cities, with their wide, attractive boulevards and balance of space devoted to parkland, residences, and industry. Evoking pre-industrial villages, such settlements were very different from the grimly functional early company towns with their strict gridiron of streets and rows of cookie-cutter housing. In general, corporations in this period made a major effort to house their employees. By 1916, a thousand companies were providing housing for 60,000 employees, roughly 3% of the U.S. population. In the 1930s, government began to play an even greater role in housing development, and New Deal figures questioned the propriety of company towns, particularly in the southern textile belt, running from North Carolina down into Georgia. Nevertheless, company-built utopias continued to sprout, notably during the 1940s, when wartime demand led Henry J. Kaiser to transform the Bayside village of Richmond, California, into a major shipbuilding area. Kaiser became a pioneer in providing inexpensive, universal health care to his workers with a program that was the forerunner of today's vast Kaiser Permanente health plan. Today, the ideal lives on in such model communities as Columbus, Indiana, home of Cummins Engine and a veritable museum of modern architecture, according to Smithsonian Magazine, and Corning, New York, home base of the global high-tech corporation Corning, Inc. Such companies openly argue for doing well by doing good. And while a bit of this is intended as public relations and corporate branding, it's hard to deny that there is also an element of genuine good-spiritedness. Most recently, the utopian company town has taken a new form, that of the corporate campus. Both PepsiCo's Purchased New York campus and the Googleplex in Mountain View, California, are company town-like in that most all human needs are provided for. Gourmet food, barbershops, laundry service, exercise facilities, and even nap rooms at Google.
This velvet-glove approach is not without its downside, captured in Douglas Coupland's 1995 novel Microsurfs, in which snack-addicted servile geeks willingly labor as 24-hour-a-day vassals of Microsoft senior Bill Gates. One worker rhapsodizes, Bill is wise, Bill is kind, Bill is benevolent, Bill, be my friend, please? Employees need never leave such a cosseting environment, or ever truly end a working day.